Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. It's now time for the bigger picture where we're putting earnings in focus. Uh, one of the companies, uh, very positive this morning, Ryan, is Tesla. Just taking a look at Elon Musk on Twitter. Mm. He's put like blank is the night. So I guess <laughs> like tonight is the night. Should be right. Fill in the blanks. I think investors will have a hard time trying to figure out what's next for Tesla. Uh, also, in the earnings um, wave, we've got Netflix just shaking things up with a disappointing report. They've just reported, of course, in the prior session that they have lost subscribers, 200,000 of them. And that's after the previous quarter where they were showing slowing signs of growth. And that is shaking things up because investors are now shunning streaming services and other tech names. And we are also zooming in on the Bitcoin ETF bandwagon going to Australia. And to help us get the bigger picture, I've got Shane Oliver. He is the Head of Investment Strategy and Chief Economist for AMP Capital. Morning, Shane. How are you doing today? I'm good, Ryan. Happy you are too. Hey, doing great, Shane. Now, let's dive into the numbers. And I think Tesla is really interesting to watch because uh, they've beat expectations again. Shane, how surprised are you by the latest numbers? How is it able to beat the crowd and expectations um, quarter after quarter? I believe in the past 11 quarters, they've beaten expectations for 10 of them. Yeah, it is, uh, I guess, surprising. And of course, uh, that's been reflected in their share price. Um, I guess the reality is that they are in a rapid growth phase, much as maybe Netflix was many years ago, several years ago now. So they're, they're going through that growth phase as the whole world adopts or moves over to electric vehicles. And that's helping them surprise on the upside. Doesn't mean this will continue for each successive quarter going forward, but so far, so good. There are some challenges ahead with increasing cost pressures. Obviously, a lot of those relating to raw materials, but so far, so good. But uh, I guess it really just tells you the strength of the demand for electric vehicles globally. And that, of course, is being reinforced by the surge in uh, oil prices that we've seen. Yeah, there's no shortage of headwinds for car makers, and including at Tesla, we've got the Shanghai lockdown. That's affecting some of its production. We've also got the supply shortages for semiconductors and also a potential distraction in the form of Elon Musk versus Twitter. So he's been trying to uh, put up a bid for Twitter and there's some speculation that this could take his attention away from Tesla and also he needs to find the money for that bit and some people are saying he could be raising money by selling his shares in Tesla or just pledging those shares. What's your take on the impact of the Twitter bit and other distractions potentially on the Tesla business? Well that's certainly a risk and there's no doubt that takeover activity is good for the company being acquired because their share price is pushed up. It's always a bit ambiguous though for the company doing the acquiring. And, of course, it it can prove to be a distraction. That could be an issue for Tesla, although it's unclear as precisely how much involved Elon Musk is involved in the day-to-day activities at Tesla. But it's certainly an issue going forward, and, yeah, it is unclear as to how he will raise capital. It may involve some sell-down in Tesla shares, but uh, time will tell on that one. Mm. But takeover activity is, is often a good sign for share markets, but also, by the same token, to the extent that it takes shares off the index um, and therefore forces shareholders into other shares and of course pushes their value up but 
Also, when takeover activity hots up and gets too hot, it can be a sign that the market's become too frothy and that can be something to watch for going forward. Yeah, Shane, another front to the Tesla story is the topic of vertical integration. So Elon Musk has been saying you know, prices of things like lithium has been going up and it's rethinking the plans to go into mining. What's your take on how this uh, could be playing out for the rest of the industry and other companies? Do you think there's going to be renewed pressure or at least um, some incentive for them to start thinking about going vertically into their supply chain just to bring down costs? Look, it potentially uh, is something they may think about. Uh, We do go through cycles of this regularly. You may recall China undertaking some vertical integration. It had a lot of demand for coal and steel and of course it starts to think well maybe it should invest in in uh, iron ore mines around the world Mm. of course it's done a little bit of that Um, of course we've seen this through time and of course it goes in waves whenever the cost of the raw materials go up you see this push for vertical integration and then of course uh, the going gets a bit rough the manufacturers work out that it's not their core business it's not their it's not something they're expert in and then they offload it when the commodity prices come back down again so it's uh, it's possible some automakers may do it like tesla but I'm not at all convinced mm. it's the right thing for them to do um, simply because it's not their area of expertise. Yeah, talking about being convinced, uh, how convinced are you about Netflix's results? Because the fallout seems to continue. They've lost subscribers and they've now put a lot of things on the table, including an ad model. Shane, would you pay for ads or at least a cheaper Netflix if you get ads? Look, I wouldn't, but... I understand the pressure they're under. You don't forget, eight years ago, they were in a rapid growth phase and that continued for many years. Then through the pandemic, we've literally seen an explosion Mm. in the number of um, similar services. And consequently, people have this this sort of model where they think, well, I want to watch this TV series on Netflix. And then once that ends, I'll discontinue my subscription. I'll move across to Amazon Prime or something like that because there's another series I want to watch over there. So, you know, there's a limited budget that people have to to, to partake in these services, particularly when they might want to get a bunch of them. And you do see this chopping and changing going on, which I I think is obviously affecting them. You've also got uh, the fact that people were stuck at home through the pandemic and the lockdowns. That pressure is now abating. So there's less demand for these sorts of services because people aren't spending quite so amount of time watching them as they once were Um, say, a year or two ago. So there is an issue here longer term, but I think it's just the nature of the cycle and Mm. all technological innovations. They go through a rapid growth phase, then you see competition kick in, the demand growth slows down, and they find it harder to continue the growth. And uh, some of them fall by the wayside, some of them continue. So it remains to be seen what what happens to Netflix on that front. I suspect it's got a strong model, and uh, going down this advertising path will certainly appeal to some, but I think you're still going to see ongoing pressures in this area. Yeah, talking about um, ongoing pressures, Bitcoin is something that's in focus as well because the ETF bandwagon is heading to Australia. There's going to be some new products offering retail customers the option or the opportunity to get into Bitcoin by buying ETFs, and that's going to take place in Australia soon enough. Is that going to really push the way for a wider adoption for crypto ETFs, Shane? Look, I think it's something that's certainly on the way. You know, if you look into how easy it is to get into Bitcoin and other uh, cryptos, it's it's not that easy. You can do it through the, the exchanges, but uh, there is a complicated process involved. But if an investor can do it via their local stock market into an ETF, then it's obviously a lot easier. They just use their existing stock market account to do that. So it does make it easier. Some would say, well, it's just part of the bandwagon. Maybe it is. Uh, we did see an ETF launch in Australia last year, 
uh, focused on crypto, but obviously we're going to see a few more. Um, but I think this is something the region will have to get used to. We're going to see more of these crypto ETFs, whether it's a good investment mm. for investors. I guess it's for them to work out. I do worry there is a bit of a bandwagon going on here, even though some of the underlying aspects around the cryptos, blockchain, for example, um, decentralised finance do have a lot to offer, but it's very hard to separate that from the uh, the mania and the the excitement around um, around crypto generally. Um, and so that I think is a real challenge for investors to work out where the value is, whether they're investing directly in cryptos or whether they do it via ETFs. Yeah, quite a lot for investors to digest and to figure out how to navigate the markets in the coming quarters. Shane Oliver, Head of Investment Strategy and Chief Economist for AMP Capital. Shane, thanks as always for your time and we'll catch up again with you soon. Thanks, Ryan. Have a good one. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.